discussing the great talent of Vanderbilt's Kari Blazin game. Who? <laughs> Never He's heard of him. Never He's heard of four, him. Number 48. He's a walk-on to the Viking, well, free agent from Vanderbilt. And he's a running back, and he's extremely happy today that Rock Thomas got the axe, so it gives him one more chance. another episode for you and this one is specifically for you we asked if you had any questions for us and we got a good response so tonight you'll join me ted and drew as we address those queries but first drew how are you doing I'm doing well. How are you doing, David? I'm just uh, getting ready. We're 48 days away with this recording. 48, everybody. It's not very far off. Uh, and who has so the number 48 on the Vikings? Uh, <laughs> Blazen game. Running back, what? Vanderbilt. Kahari? Kari Blazen game. I love it. Kari Blazen game. Blazing runner. Yeah. Um, 48 days is nothing. We'll be, we'll be sliding right into the season here pretty soon. So I'm pretty stoked. We got training camp starting this week. It's all good. How are you guys doing? Good. Ted? If I was uh, any better, I'd be against I, the law. There I it knew is. that was coming. <laughs> Tell you, that, coming. That, that is my standard opening line. Excuse Good. me, let me move this out of the way here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I see you got a new toilet seat cover. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, it's almost that time to start smack talking, baby. Yeah, we're close. Uh, wasn't 48. Wasn't that Nafahu Tahi's number? Who? What what it wasn't it Tahi, the guy that was too many too many men in the huddle in 2009 <laughs> NFC Championship game? I think it was. The Seriously, wasn't four, it? I think the greatest, yeah, I think you're right. The greatest 48 had to be Reggie Rutland. I mean, he he sealed the number with that interception. Najee Mustafa. No, well, whatever. He changed his name, yeah. right? Yes, it, he did. but it was in the in the '87 divisional playoff. It was still Reggie Rutland, wasn't it? When he got that bobbled pick, six yeah, it was killed the Niners on Joe Montana. Yeah, he was, was up great. to that point. It was Sammy Johnson was the only 48 that really stood out, but he took the number that day. Oh, well, Reggie I, Rutland. Still, I, I don't uh, until the Vikings win the Super Bowl. I I will go. I I will I will die on this hill. I will plant my flag and die on this hill. You Minneapolis miracle people. Right. That that game, that game right there, was the greatest playoff win in Minnesota Vikings football. Hundred percent agree with you. You were there, were you not, Drew Bunting? Yes, I, yes, I was there. You that were was, in live in person. Now live in person, and that's the quiet quietest I've ever heard. Well, it used to be Candlestick Park. Where, they, yeah, they where where in Candlestick Park on that day were you sitting? Were you sitting in the corner back corner where they, of, where, where they had the no zone. seats, like no football? Right, because they had the fake bleachers. You know what I'm talking right, about? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we sitting? <laughs> you know, it was a free for all. We started out there. We ended up at the 45 yard line. And I think we ended up drunk on the field at the end. 
Are you um, kidding me? Seriously? No, we no. They would let the, the by the fourth quarter at Candlestick Park, you could do virtually anything you wanted and go anywhere you wanted. The ushers didn't care. The ushers were drunk. No one cared. There was no rules. So, and it was kind of it was raining all day, so it was kind of misty. So everybody yeah. was kind of everybody was kind of waterlogged, and everybody was you know in shock because of what the Vikings were doing. But the Vikings got this big lead, and then they kind of built the stadium up to this little bit of a roar because they started getting a little bit of momentum. And then when that pick six happened, all the air came out. You could have heard me yelling by myself in that stadium. It was beautiful. <laughs> How what, it, was, what, it was my greatest Viking day. And you're right. I mean, the miracle probably, everybody probably had to put, we'll put that at number one. I'm putting that 87 game because we were heavy underdogs that day, man. I, I we were supposed I, to get waxed. I would argue the Minneapolis miracle is the greatest moment. But the right. the eighty seven okay. the eighty seven playoff game was the greatest beginning to end the greatest game. Right, that's the way I would separate the two. Also, I would because because up until the miracle, up until the Diggs touchdown, that was on the verge of being an all time Vikings choke job. Right up there, wasn't it though? With the Blair Walsh game, the the seventy five Hail Mary, the ninety eight NFC Championship, because they had built what a seventeen nothing lead at halftime mm -hmm. and then pissed it away. I mean, they, you know, and then you had the Kai Forbath 54-yard field goal. And thank you for your service, Kai Forbath, but we're kicking uh -huh. you to the curb in 2018. Thanks for the greatest field goal kick in team history, but we're going to kick you to the curb next year. And Drew Brees goes down, and the, and the Saints scored. The, they kicked that field goal. Oh, man, that was just like an epic choke job in the making right until it wasn't. But that 87 game from beginning to end was like domination. Oh, man. Anthony Carter was un uncoverable oh. that day. And uh, how it was many funny Vikings fans? How many Vikings fans were another. there? Drew, I, I gotta add, don't mean to interrupt. How many Vikings fans were there for the game Not a lot. kicked off? Or is it like kind of an island? There was there was probably a hundred of us in that stadium together. There was hardly any Viking fans there. And I was in full garb. I had the hats and all that, and I was half lit when i got there so by the fourth quarter i was really lit but it Were was like what no you know i uh when i go to a football game and i sit this i used to do this a lot when i went to the raiders when i'd sit down the raider games is where it really gets kind of you have to watch <laughs> yourself when i first get to my seat i always look to the section and i say if anybody wants to scrap let's fight right now because i really want to see the game and then if you announce that before you sit down, people have a tendency just to say, ah, you know what? Let's kind of leave that. <laughs> let's, tackle, let's tackle somebody else. But I kind of, you know, and that was such a great day. That was such a great Viking win. It was the best Viking win of all time. And every time things started going right for the Niners, Dolman would sack. So it was just crazy, dude. We, everything was going right for us. It was a beautiful game. It, it was, was a beautiful day. It was. <laughs> Hoping we have some of that magic this season, man. Oh, don't we all? All right. Let's open up with our first question. Our first question coming from <clears throat> the internet on Twitter. We have Michael asking, who will emerge as the leader of the Vikings offense? There are lots of candidates. I thought it might be interesting to take the focus off skilled position players and let Garrett, Garrett Bradbury build and become the face of the offense. It all starts up front. So what do you think with Michael's assumption? Who's going to be the leader of the Vikings offense, and do you think 
Garrett Bradbury as a lineman could be? Drew, go yeah. ahead. Well, it, generally speaking, you usually have the group of linemen, the offensive linemen, usually have one leader in the middle of that group. It, it's kind of how the group, the offensive linemen are usually by themselves all year. You know, they eat, by, eat with each other and they do all, they usually have one leader that represents that group. And I imagine it could, could be Bradbury with that. But generally speaking, it's usually your quarterback. I mean, he touches the ball every play. He can audible every play. That's usually who, you know, without saying is your leader. So, I mean, there's no, there's no really, I mean, you don't pick a guy. A guy just kind of emerges as a captain or a leader. So it could very well be Bradbury, but, you know, he's a rookie. Uh, I kind of have always thought that Thielen is not only the face of the franchise, but the leader of the offense. I, I think Adam Thielen is is the leader of this offense. If you had to pick somebody, I would pick him. Ted? Um, <clears throat> leadership is not given to you. It is earned. Uh, I, I, You know, people are going to hate this answer. But if you're talking offensive line, Riley Reef is the leader of that offensive line. He wore the C last year. Right. Um, he's a veteran. He is, other than maybe Josh Klein, the most experienced lineman on that team. And in if there's an advantage over Klein, he's been with the Vikings, what, this is going on his third year now. <clears throat> I, if, if I was Garrett Bradbury, I would look at Riley Reef and Pat Elfline and Josh Klein, even Brian O'Neill, who's got a year in the league, and say, look, I'm just going to show from you guys and sure. and and listen to what you guys tell me. I, and I, look, I'm not saying Garrett Bradbury isn't good and I hope he doesn't become a leader, but it, it's it's hard to assume that leadership mantle if you're a rookie, especially sure. with a, a fairly veteran group like, you know, Reef and Klein and even, even uh, Elfline. Um, I, and, Drew, I agree with you. I, I think if there's – uh, if there's a leader that that is not the quarterback, and it, I, I would think it should be on that uh, on a football team, it's probably Adam Thielen. I may, you could maybe make an argument for Dalvin Cook, but but Thielen's probably been the most consistent guy over the last three years. Uh, maybe Diggs, but uh, but Diggs is kind of or or I, maybe even Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph has been um, kind of a solid. Uh, you know, he's worn this. He's worn the C as well. Kind of got um, a lot of leaders on the offense. I mean, there's yeah. Now I'm starting to ask myself, did too many cooks spoil the broth? I, you know, who I don't know. Um, probably Thielen or Rudolph, if not if it's not Cousins, but I would probably like to think it's Cousins. And I think with the second year on this team, um, Cousins has a better feel and a, and, and a more comfortable um, rapport with the players. I whatever the word is you want to use. So. I could go in one in several directions, but if it's if you're talking specifically offensive line, it's Riley Reef. Okay, in my opinion. Interesting. I would like to see Garrett Bradbury develop into that leader, and he very well may. But I, like you said, as a rookie, I don't think it's going to be his place. You know, especially early. And as far as the offense. It traditionally goes to the quarterback, and I agree with you about Adam Thielen being the other one. Adam Thielen's the Minnesota boy, right? He had – we all know his story. We've heard it every single weekend since he's been on the team and started become a starter. And without a doubt, that's <clears throat> who represents. Everybody thinks of Adam Thielen. Now, hopefully Kirk Cousins steps up a little bit more, 
this year as well. So we'll see. Thanks, Michael, for the question. We appreciate it. Going on to the next one. The next one, straight from Daily Norseman. We have, will Drew Samia compete for a starting job on the O-line this year? And who is your surprise veteran cut in camp and Treadwell doesn't count? Oh, Samia. <clears throat> yes, he's going to – I think he's going to actually – I think Klein, Klein starts the season, but I think by halfway through the season, I think he's going to be the starter or getting – He's he's really a good football player. I, I watched a lot of film in that guy in college, and he has got a mean streak in him. Those guys that are nasty like that got that Conrad Dobler shit going on. They are Conrad Dobler. <laughs> he does, man. He does. He was pushing it after the whistle. I mean, there was if you watch his highlights, it's like uh, he's pulling guys off the quarterback. He doesn't, you know, he's fiery, and those fiery guys have a tendency not to stay on the sideline very long. Um. Then he's from Sacramento, so I got to pull for my local boy. But uh, I, I think uh, Klein probably starts the season at right guard because of his experience, the time with the Patriots. And, and you know, a lot of people are down on Klein. If he bounces back, we got a hell of a pickup there to what he can really do. Um, a veteran that's going to get cut. Surprise Jeez. veteran. That is a, that's a really tough call. I mean, we don't have Marcos, Marcus Sherrills to say he's the guy anymore, do we? No. He was the easiest one to just say, yeah, it's Marcus Sherrill's. And everybody was wrong every year. I I, I don't I don't have to think about that. I don't really have a I don't have one that sticks out that just pops out in my head thinking this guy's gonna get the axe. Uh so I'll I'll defer the question to Ted while I think about it a little more. I don't really have one. Um well Drew Samia can bring job, no. I you know, I, I've thought about this and I and I Drew, I was with you kind of early on. Um, that I, 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 I've said the same thing that, that Klein will start, but it kind of depends on how he plays, whether or not Samia jumps in and it's, and it's possible, you know, it, it was kind of, I, I could see the scenario with, with Samia, like O'Neal last year, he sort of, uh, jumped in when, when a couple guys got hurt and then he played well and just sort of never came off the field after that. I, I but the difference between O'Neal and Samia is that O'Neal was a, Second round guy, and Samia is a fourth round guy, and I I think that could be a big difference. I I don't know. I, I I'm starting to think that the client will be the guy. It feels good to have choices, though, doesn't it? For once, yeah, it I does. <laughs> and depth, it actually does. Right, yeah, right, in depth, yeah. And, and believe it or that. not, and believe it or not, I'm going for my surprise cut, my surprise veteran cut. Uh, as as I, I'm going to kind of hedge my bets here. I'm going to go either uh, Brett Jones. Or Rashad Hill. Okay. I was thinking of offensive line, but I'm thinking we're probably the last team that wants to cut O linemen. Right. But now, <laughs> when you look well, what they did in the offseason with, with Klein and Bradbury, adding those guys, you got Collins coming back from injury. That that's a lot of that's a lot of moving parts there. And I don't know that there's I could see Brett Jones. I can't see Rashad Hill. Yeah, I'm going to give Dave my selection because I honestly I can't think of a guy. I can't think of a, a surprise cut right now. I don't know why. I'm shit. There could um, be a surprise trade, but yeah, not that but, I'm seeing. For um, what though? I mean, what would you need to? What 
Yeah. Treadmill is the trade. obvious choice. <laughs> what would, might, what they, would they I want to trade? Surprise they could still trade? trade a corner. You know, they could do that if they wanted to. Trade four corners? No. No, they're, no, they're, they're the only, you know, between now and preseason and opening kickoff, if somebody loses a corner, everybody's going to be calling for like roads and giving you offering you a first round pick. Oh well, yeah, sure. What so what's your surprise trade, Dave? Trent Williams is still having issues here in DC land. He we'll bring does, him on in. He is not reporting for camp. He is still arguing with the team. You know, I I, sur- I surmised on Twitter today. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a done it, it it's not going to happen, but would it hurt the Vikings to call the Redskins and see what they want for Trent Williams? No. You don't think so? No, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to call him. Oh, I mean, oh okay, okay, okay. No, you put Trent Williams on this line? We went from C to like a B plus. That guy you know, is a top two tackle in, in football, I think. And I'm not down on Riley Reef at all, but but Trent Williams want, is twice the player he is. Here. <laughs> just right. If you want to tell me, if you want to give me a choice between Riley Reef or Trent Williams, I'll take just don't get me wrong, but <laughs> but A, who would they trade? And B, what would the what would the salary cap implications be? Because they got what eleven bucks under the salary cap right now. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think they have an extra four or five, but it would it would be one of the corners. It would be most likely Trey Wayne's, if not um Xavier Rhodes, but I'm betting it'd be Trey Wayne's. And so you're swapping Nine mil for like fourteen mil. Yeah, you could cut it, and then they might throw in a draft choice or something. It all depends. What if they wanted reef? They wanted reef, and then they wanted a draft pick because they're going to need a tackle if they're giving one up, right? I mean, well, they may have one behind. I don't know. Even though that's the local team here, I I don't enjoy following them. So I'm they haven't the ironed it out in Washington yet. He's still having problems. From what oh you're yeah, doing. and he's refusing to report to camp. Oh. And, it, and it's something. It's 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 like a twofold issue. Uh, it's his contract and whatever his medical issue. I can't remember what his medical problem was, but he he feels the way the Redskins handled his medical issue last year uh, was was not right. And and that's that's between the two is what has him Miffed. irritated with the Redskins. A- am I wrong on that, Dave? You're out there. You know. No, you know I, that's pretty much it. What was his medical? Hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt I, to ask. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. All right, but it, it was an injury of some sort, and they. I would be happy with Dave's surprise trade right there. That would make me happy. But for a surprise veteran cut, I agree with Ted. I think it's Jones is probably the most likely. I can't think of anybody on defense. X Files. How's um, that guy been? Fucking Iloka. So, now. <laughs> those, well, he signed with Dallas. Remember. Um, both those questions came from just Rob and he has one more. Okay. One more is Sloter goat mania. What? Sloter goat mania where Twitter, there's a whole Twitter following that believes Kyle Sloter is the next goat fact or fiction based on what fiction. What what is that based on? Can I can I can I have the Come floor? On, here? Man. Can I have the floor here for a minute? Take the floor, Ted, from the live at Belinga College, the ex quarterback. <laughs> Beloit. 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 Beloit College. You have the floor, Beloit College. Go ahead. Kyle Sloter. Who do you lose QB two job to last year? Simeon. Who do you lose the QB two job to in Denver? 
Paxton Lynch. And? <laughs> Simeon. Simeon. <laughs> Kyle Slaughter cannot beat out Trevor Simeon from two <laughs> offensive coaches in two different conferences in one natural football league. Goat! Goat! <laughs> why? Why does why is Kyle Slaughter an urban legend in Minnesota? That's, why was Todd Bowman an urban legend in Minnesota? Because why, one good preseason game. Why was Steve an urban legend in Minnesota? Why is every backup quarterback in Minnesota Vikings history hey, an urban legend? Why? Don't forget about Tyler Heineke. Come on, man. Tyler Heineke. If he hadn't put his, if he hadn't put his foot through a glass door, he'd be an urban legend. So is David Booty and Chad May. Look, Bring here, those guys on, too. Here's the thing, man. QB2 <laughs> is the most coveted job in Minnesota, in the NFL. It, it, it's Kyle Slaughter. Look, I hope he's good. I hope he goes somewhere and he turns out to be good. It's not going to be in Minnesota. If you can't beat out Trevor Simeon, you're not going to be the greatest of all time. <laughs> you're just not. Yeah, Sorry. Have, I'll go back to what I said originally when you asked based on what. He doesn't look any – I mean, there's nothing real special that stands out when he plays, does it? Is there? I mean, he looks well, he, had a, he had a good preseason game. Okay, but you but, know what? You know who plays in preseason games? Guys like you, me, and Drew, Dave. Yeah, I Guys know. Really I'm aware. You know what? You know had a great preseason? Rick Meyer when he came <laughs> from Notre Dame. He had a great preseason yeah, too. sure did. Curious Hebert. <laughs> I wanna... Bobby Hebert. Remember him? Mm-hmm. The great Bobby A. Bear. I want to thank just Rob for those questions. Thanks, just Rob. Good. Thanks, Rob. Nothing. Our, He's changing that goat status tomorrow. Let me tell you. <laughs> Our next question comes from the Man Bear Pig. Man Bear, what up, dog or pig? All right. I'm not sure why you guys don't think Zilstra or BB can make it as the number three wide receiver wide receiver. BB runs good routes and seems to have good hands. And I've heard the amount of raw raw for them as you guys have. That doesn't make sense. I haven't heard the amount of raw raw for them as you guys have and don't think either one of them is the next Jerry Rice, but I do think one of them could make make it as our third wide receiver. Why don't you guys think so? Ted Okay. You got the floor, uh, below. Zilstra and BB. All right. Chad BB. A, a is not Don BB. And B is more fragile than a Fabergé egg. <laughs> Brandon Zilstra, just because he went to a. Oh, I love Chad Glover, man. He says it like it is. Just because Brandon Zilstra went to a <laughs> Division three school in Minnesota and went undrafted. Doesn't make him the next Adam Thielen. People love that guy. I, I mean, look, when they have been on the field, <laughs> what have they done? Fabulous. Tell me. Tell you want to know? You want to know? I do. I looked up the stats. Last year, 2018, Chad Beebe was in three games. <laughs> in the three regular games. season? Three in games. <laughs> Three games. In the preseason or the regular season? Regular season. Three games. What? How many catches? Four. Well, that's one now, a game. That's wow. Oh, well, it's a little bit more than one a game. He was only targeted <laughs> four times, and he did happen to catch all four. That's 100% catch rate. Ooh. 
the longest one was for um, 13 yards. He averaged 9.8 yards on a pass. He only ran two different routes on those four pass plays. That's pretty good. And four catches, right? Four passes thrown his way. We We call him amply. Right? It's if you cannot beat out Laquan Treadwell, and we know how bad he played last year. Bad. And you only get four attempts at it. I'm sorry, unless you make some miraculous leap over the offseason, take some wonderful non-detectable PEDs, it's not going to happen. Yeah, so that was- As for Zilstra, I do okay. see Zilstra making the team. Why? Zilstra played in 16 games last year. Zilstra is good on special teams. So you have him making it based on experience, which I agree on spe- agree with. And then on special teams. He only had two targets. Fuck. Our Thielen and Diggs got to stay healthy. They got to stay healthy, man. It's going to be a nightmare. And only caught one. One pass? That's it. And he averaged 1.4 yards. That's one more than Ted Glover's nab, though. Right? Yeah, that's, that's one more interception than Chris Cook ever had. <laughs> and... <laughs> As same with Chad Beebe, Brandon Zilstra wasn't good enough to pass a horrible Laquan Treadwell. Here, here's the thing. Why can't we get a number three wide receiver? Why? What is well, so we do have it? one this year, most likely. Who? Jordan Who? Taylor, formerly of the been. Broncos. But they, but they're all they're all so unproven. I want to I want to know somebody well, that's Taylor played. At least Albert Robinson had some time under his belt. One year and then 10 last year and got injured. Somebody's got to be there in case we need them. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know who to say. I'm not going to count anybody out, but I just the kid I, from Oregon. I, I just don't get the the, the BB love. slash Zilstra. It's love. like the I, third I don't. quarterback. I, I don't. It's yeah. It's it's like people think if Kyle Sloter, Chad Beebe. And Brandon Zilstra were our three primary offensive <laughs> weapons. We would roll through the NFL like the Germans through France in World War II. Oh, it would be unstoppable. It would be a new big three. It would be like Emmett Smith, Aikman, and Irvin all over again. Triplets, triplets part triplet. two. I, you know, let's, Faber, just, Faber let's, just, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And hope the break line doesn't break on these three because I just I'm not seeing it. I mean, we we have okay, yeah, okay. BB was it BB that caught four passes and four attempts? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just four hey, passes. Everybody's let, let's right. just see how it plays out. Hopefully, two or three of them will just like Dylan Mitchell, a kid from Oregon. Maybe he'll hit the scene like Percy Harvard and blow us all up, and we'll go. That's the guy. Maybe that'll happen. But see, there's like behind Thielen and Diggs, there's like nine guys on the roster. Right. And depending depending on who you talk to among Vikings fandom and beat writers and guys and gals that cover the team, there are, are there are nine guys that are going to Canton next to Thielen and Diggs after five years after Dude, they retire. Yeah. And Dude. I just I just man, just prove it. Get on the field and prove it. And then, and then I'll I'll pay attention until we then, need to bring Greg Camarillo back. That's who we need. 
we need him back in the running routes to show everybody how. It's oh done. my goodness! So yeah, I don't know wide receiver three. I'm exhausted talking about that for the last month and a half. So. I mean, you know what my question is, and all this WR three discussion is why What's did up? the Vikings not sign Aldrick Robinson? Uh, meow meow. Why didn't the, that the, happen? The guy he's he still was available. Like, he's still he, available he was, here. He was like, why did the Vikings let Jarius Wright go? That's that one kind of angered me. And I remember Dave Stefano, that angered him when it happened. He wasn't yes. very happy about that. He liked he liked Jarius Wright. So did if, I. If you tell me, if you tell me the Vikings four wide right now are Thielen, Diggs, Aldrick Robinson, and Jarius Wright, I'm right. telling you, let, let's play football right now. Uh, right now, today, let's go play some football because maybe that, one of these guys will step up. Yeah. Jarius yeah, Wright caught everything that was thrown to him. He was clutch. He caught out, he caught them all. So I don't even and, know why he got cut to be home. And if my aunt had testicles, she'd be my uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uncle Fabergé. If she lived in Wisconsin, that may actually be a true situation. That's a good question, um, though. Well, Enjoy the question. Oh, well, man, Bear, I know it's not the answer you wanted, but you got our honest reply on it. But thanks for asking. Our last question. No, it is not our last question. Our next question comes from Rhino. Love to hear your guys' input. On who's going to step up as our three technique this year and why? Drew, go ahead. Oh, give me a list of the guys that are going to be three technique. <laughs> oh, I'll, if you want, I'll start. Go ahead, Dave. Shamar Stefan. Shamar, we, you know, everybody remembers Shamar Stefan when he was basically in a backup role and then he left for Seattle last year and now he's back. Right. I have seen things um, that Shamar Stefan is the guy who we want. And then I saw an interview with Andre Patterson, who I respect immensely as a defensive coach, saying Shamar Stefan has it. He is the guy. He will surprise people. So I think Shamar Stefan, I think he automatically inherits that starting position just, be, just because of his contract. It's hard to argue with the defensive line coach. Right, and and especially a great as one as Andre Patterson is. Now, to back him up in the rotation, there we get some competition. We have um, Jaleel Johnson, right? Um, let me look at my roster. About right. Time for him to take put the big boy pants on, isn't it? Third year. Well, yeah, it's and time, I, it's and time I, for him to put up or shut up. I, I, yeah, and I, I fully so expect him to. We for have uh, Jalen Holmes. Does he shut up for like the three years? <laughs> put up. Put he's up. a Hawkeye, so you got he's not. You can't really count on him. Yeah. We have Jalen Holmes, which I don't think is going to be. I think he's going to be end up being the odd man out. He's X Files too, Jalen Holmes. Filthy mouth. Yes, I, I know <laughs> he's from Ohio State. <laughs> is he? Is Jalen Holmes still on the team? Yes, he's still yeah. on the team. Yeah. I thought he was X-File. Hey, I got a question real fast as you're reading them off. Is Tom Johnson still on this team? No. No. Every time that guy was in, he made a big play. Every time. Yeah, I like I think he's he was a good player. Yeah, he was a good player. He's good, so he's gone. Oh, okay, now I get it. But the one I want to no. see compete is Armin this Watts. camp. No, I do want to see Armin Watts, but I think Armin Watts isn't going to be the guy. Last year's rookie, Hercules Mata'afa. Hercules 
looks like he can handle it. And he had that unfortunate accident last year or injury. Dave, this is the point in the show where I want you to put like a Hercules <laughs> gif in from the <laughs> Disney movie. He's uh he's got some pretty if you do you check the guys, you know, go back and do a little research on him. That guy is got some talent. He's stacking stats at Washington State. He was uh Everywhere he's been, he's always been first team. All every, I mean, he was Pac-12 Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Right, that's and, a, he's the one I'm most excited about. I mean, that's that's what the 12 teams to be the best defensive player in 12 college teams and not a scrub conference is pretty damn impressive to me. Pac-12 so, yeah. is a scrub conference, though. Well, yeah, I guess it is. They have two good right. teams. I've been drinking yeah. too much tonight. I'm, I got still. He's, you know, he's he's he's. Uh, I'm interested in checking to see what that guy can do during this preseason, and I think he might have a shot at, at making it, but we'll see. Good you name, know, though. He's got a good football name. Dave, you were talking Shamar Stefan, and I, I think on Twitter earlier this week it was Nicholas Olson mm-hmm. of our yep. Climbing the Pocket Network, uh, and, and he is on, what, Pocket Protectors, I believe it is, is the name of the Pocket show? Pocket Protectors, correct. With him and Eric Eager. Comes, um, came out on Monday. He had a thread. He had a thread about Shamar Stefan. I think it was Nick. And if it wasn't Nick, I apologize to who it was. I, I can't just remember it right off the top of my head. That showed Stefan. He did he he did like a Twitter thread with highlights showing how <coughs> Stefan last year in Seattle wasn't as bad as his PFF grade was. And it was basically like one or two games. And and Stefan, you know, <clears throat> you talk about Patterson, the defensive line coach. Praising Stefan and and how Stefan he played really well here, especially two years ago before he left for Seattle. Um, I, I think he's the guy to beat. Um, un, unlike uh, Dave, who's who's Jalen Holmes heresy will will not go unavenged <laughs> here. Um, I, I actually like Holmes. I thought in a lot of ways he was like uh, Hercules Mataafa, who who kind of battled through injuries and went through a position switch at Ohio State. He was a defensive end, and they moved him inside. Uh, but I thought towards the end of the year he was playing okay when they did play him. I, I really like the three technique the, the, in, in terms of depth that the Vikings have this year. Uh, I like I like Stefan. Um, I, I like I like Jalen Holmes not just because he was an Ohio State dude. You know, sure you I want to I want to say good things about Jaleel Johnson, but but like I said earlier, it, it's like put up or shut up time for him. He's been here. This is his what third year, third or fourth year, right? Right. I, yeah, but you got to remember, those two both can move well, inside and back up Linval. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair point. The the interior of the Vikings defensive line is there a, a unit on this team that's more stacked than that? That's probably where they're fattest at, right? I mean, they're I, fattest I, across the defensive line. I, I would argue defensive end is almost a stack when you got Hunter and. Assuming well, Weatherly. assuming Everson Griffin, Everson Griffin is back to what he was two years ago. Yeah, the whole defensive line is you've got a lot of depth. I mean, if God, you've got, got yeah, they do, they really do. You've got let's see, sixteen defensive players, defensive linemen right now, and they'll keep nine. So the guys they're going to have to get rid of are going to be really talented people that are probably going to get picked up from. Yeah, it'll be guys that you're you know the names of. It's not the it's not the the walk on UDFA Stacy Kelly. Nah, you you expect that to be a body that goes. But now you know the surprise it, it, it may be 
it may be, you know, like uh, um, it won't be Armin or uh, Armin, Armin Watts. Hammer. Armin Watts, because well, it could be Armin Watts because he was drafted. But you know, if any Odin Odin Nigbo at you know defensive end may go, um, Ade Aruna. It's just it could there's be a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's quality depth there, and they've got so an too. outstanding coach. So. I'm not worried about the defensive line. But Maybe he's our next head coach. You never know. I don't know if he wants it, and he hasn't been a defensive coordinator. <laughs> that's a whole different show for a different time. But, yeah. Rhino, thanks for the question, and that's who we see. That's an excellent question. I think Mary had a question, didn't she? Mary has our final question. She had a good question, I think. Oh, uh, Mary's great. Hey, Mary. Mary always hey, Mary. wishes us a good day. What three rookies are you most excited to watch in camp? Well, uh, everybody, can I, go can ahead. I answer, can I point. answer for Dave? No. <laughs> Austin know. Cutting. No. It's Austin Cutting. Austin Cutting and, and Cutting, comma, Austin. Austin Cutting <laughs> is not on my list for exciting. You are a liar. Everybody wants to see Bradbury, including me, because we all want to see him plow people and see what's going on out there and moving around in space and number one draft pick. And everybody's excited about that. And of course I am. I want to see Madison in the backfield, Alexander Madison from Boise State. After watching so much film on him, I want to see that guy in a preseason running for the like maybe the whole game to see how he does. And all, my guy that's kind of off the board that nobody seems interested in, I think I want, I'm really interested in watching Cameron Smith, the linebacker from USC. I want to see, because I've heard a lot of talk about, well, he's just going to be a special teamer. That's basically the answers I get from different Viking fans that I ask. And I think he could be a little bit more than that. So I'm going to be watching him very closely in the preseason. And those are my three. Okay, good calls. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to say Chris Boyd is one of them. He mine. was a late late round draft pick out of Texas, defensive back corner, and, and I, I'm I'm concerned about two things for the Vikings coming into training camp, uh, offensive line. So that means Garrett Bradbury is my second one, uh, but the defensive secondary is is an issue for me because uh, I I think you get you get past um, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, um, and. And the, the, the slot guy whose name escapes me right now from Mac Clemson. Alexander. Thank you, Mackenzie Alexander. Um, depth is kind of an, kind of an issue. Suspended, and I, you know, Mark Sherrill's is gone. I, I just, I, I'd like to see how the back end of the secondary uh, works itself out, and especially with Holton Hill's suspension, can Chris Boyd kind of step up and and claim a roster spot? Um, obviously Garrett Bradbury, like Drew said, he's, he's a guy that everybody has, um, kind of pinned their hopes on for the offensive line. <sighs> my third guy, who's my third guy? Um, you know, I, I've made fun of this dude's name. Obladi, Oblada. Yeah. Oblabi, Olabisi, Obladasi, life goes on, brah. Olabisi no. Johnson. Three months and we still don't know how to say his name. For God's Ola, sakes. Ola, Ola B.C. Johnson. Okay. You know, uh, it kind of plays into Man Bear's question about WR3, and I just, you know, besides Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, there are a ton of questions. 
for the Vikings wide receivers. And I, I, I want somebody to step up. I'm not saying it's going to be Johnson. It may be Brandon Zilstra. It may be Chad Beebe. But somebody <laughs> needs to step up and, and establish themselves as WR3. And I think uh, Johnson is going to get a lot of looks because he's, he's, a, he's a draft pick. And, and the Vikings really favor draft picks over, um, you know, undrafted free agents and all that stuff. So we'll see. Those, so those are going to be my three guys. Okay. Good three. I match with you. I want to see Chris Boyd, especially with how the early season's going to start with Hughes possibly going on the pop because he's not ready. And we know that Holton Hill will be suspended or is suspended for the first three games. And uh, our first four games. So Chris Boyd is a very important depth piece that we need. So I'm looking at him. I am also looking when you talk about defensive secondary. How many safeties did we have on the team at the end of last year? Two, four, wasn't it? Three. Wasn't it three? We had Curse and uh, we Kirst had Smith, and Anthony Harris, and Curse. That's it. What's not was it? They, yeah, they didn't have one more. Nope. They had George Iloka. We signed. Yeah. yeah, they had Iloka. No, but not at the end of the season. He was. Yeah, ready. they did. Yeah, they Iloka did. was never on the team. It was just. A, I mean, no, I'm talking image. after the season's over, before we went into free agency and the draft. We had so three. Epps. You're talking about Epps? Is he the? Well, we drafted Epps. Epps is the my second guy I want to watch because Epps I think is going to be the fourth safety. Who's number one? Austin Cutting? Is that what you're going to say? No, I'm not saying. Oh. That's not an exciting matchup to watch. <laughs> really? Because yeah. that's all you've been talking about. That is the only draft pick you've been talking about for like three shows now. Yeah, I think, look, he, I think you know he's what? already going to win it. It's not going to be exciting. You know, if you drop that shag carpet behind David right now, you drop that, pull that shag carpet down. Ooh. There's Austin Cutting posters up there. I guarantee it. Naked. Naked Austin Cutting. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and the third one I wanna, I'm excited to see is Drew's boy. I want to see that attitude on Drew Samia. Well, he's gonna get his shot. You're gonna see it. So he is. Uh, he is a good player. I'm excited. I didn't mention he wasn't in my top three, but he probably be right on the fringe of who I'm gonna be watching closely too. Yeah, so yeah I, it, I mean, no, I think good. offensive line is a guarantee. For everybody. I mean, it, it, you know, Bradbury and Samia and, yeah, everybody comes just back Just the together. whole offense. Yeah, line. just the whole offensive well, line. Well, especially yeah. in that first offensive. I mean, the first preseason game, the offense is out there for three plays. That And then the, the guys are going to get right. You're going to see a lot of Madison, a lot of Samia. It's going to start. It's going to be right in there. It's going to be great. So we'll be able to evaluate a lot of it. Or it's going to be a tragedy where I'm going to say 0-16. Oh, geez. Then where do we go? I'm not going to no, worry about no, that. No, no, no. Not in the preseason. We don't care if we win or lose. We just you play, know, uh, care if they know, come out healthy and they play well. Training camp and preseason, all that matters is no injuries. Nothing else really. I mean, you want to talk about roster spots. That, that's the, the number one thing is having everybody healthy. You don't want to lose anybody from now until opening day. Well, we want to see them play well and gel. And we don't want to see anybody hurt. If people no. start getting hurt, that's fuck. Big problems. So, yeah, I'm excited. But that is tonight's show. 
We've answered the questions. We appreciate them. Thanks again, Mary. You're awesome. Thanks, Mayor. I got a funny recruiting story to tell you one. If you ever guys ever got the time. Ah, uh, we like those recruiting stories. Yeah, it was not. It, you want to yeah, hear? It? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I, I got so time. My, I got all night, baby. Uh, all right. So so my dad and I are having supper one night. It's my senior year, and and uh, and and he picks. You know, and like the deal was, my, my my dad my dad was had some pretty standard rules. Is that we ate dinner together every night, which was okay, cool. And so the phone rings. And he kind of looks at me like, you know, because probably one of my friends, because the phone never rang for him. And he picks it up. He's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just one minute. Son, you have a phone call. And if it had been one of my jackass friends, he would have just hung up on some call later. So I'm like, all right. So I, maybe it's mom or something. I don't know what's going on. So I pick it up. And he's like, uh, Ted, yeah, hi, good evening. This is Ed DeGeorge. I'm the head football coach at Beloit College in Wisconsin. Wow. Oh. Oh, hi, coach. How are you? Well, I, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 uh, been talking to your coach, Larry Snyder there at Centennial. And, uh, we think you might be the, the kind of, kind of guy that, uh, would, would want to play for us. I'm like, um, really? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, um, and, and he said, yeah, we, we think you have the kind of the leadership characteristics and, and everything that, that translate well here at Beloit. And I'm like, Wait, 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 wait. Where is Beloit now? So it, I have it's just – it's in very southern Wisconsin, just like right on the other side of, of the Wisconsin border of Illinois or the Illinois okay. border, um, okay. not just a couple hours outside of Chicago maybe. Okay. And and so I'm like, oh, okay. Um, uh, coach, uh, have you watched any of my game film? <laughs> and, he, and he said, yeah, I have. I said – well, I'm not very good. <laughs> and and he, and he said, "Well, Ted, we'd probably be looking for you, looking at you to play on, on defense for us." And and your coach said you're a pretty good defensive player, but he wanted you to play quarterback and he didn't want you playing both ways because you're the only decent quarterback to have. I'm like, "All right." All right. So I asked him about scholarships and all that. And he's like, "Well, it's, you know, Division 3 is is um it's not it's like, you know, student aid and all that stuff. But essentially, once we got everything worked out, it would pretty much be a scholarship. I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, I got to talk to my dad about this, and thanks for the call and all that. So I hung up the phone. I sat back down. <laughs> my dad is like, who the hell was that? And I said it was a football coach uh, at, at Beloit College in Wisconsin. He's like, really? Yeah. And he said, so <laughs> – has he watched any of your game film? Because you're not very good. <laughs> that's, that's my father. That's a true story. That's a 100% true story. My dad, you're not very good. Are, 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 you, are you sure they've watched any of your game film? Yeah, he says he has. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my, that's my recruiting story. Dude, that's nuts, man. <laughs> you're like, what? What? Yeah. When we have our show, our next show after this one, we'll have training camp to report on. Stuff that's been happening, dude. You got to dress up like a pirate for one show. I, arg. You're right there. You're already there. You had if you had a patch right now of your eye, you'd be uh, like seventy five percent pirate. All right, cool. Ted's gonna dress up with a Fabergé egg. (laughs) (laughs) I'll break halfway through the show, man. (laughs) Uh, Good talking with you guys again. What do you gotta say, Drew? 
Meow, meow, Viking Cow Super Bowl. 48 days, starting out. Fed up tour, starting out beating Atlanta. Bring it on, bitch. <laughs> Ted. That's my exit. <laughs> uh, we're all going to be disappointed in seven and nine. No, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll meet you in Miami. Super Bowl, homeboy. Super Bowl. Jay Patterson, baby. Woo! Third, third place in the Big Ten East. Let's go. Go, Mikey. My dad looks right at me. He's like, Did, has he watched your film? Because you're not very good. At that. <laughs> my, my father my father pulled no punches, and for that I am grateful. What the hell is that? A big jug of moonshine? What the fuck? <laughs> this is, what? gentlemen, this is homemade beer. Dude, you should be drinking out of that thing. No, no, I, I'm a man. If nothing else, Drew Bunny, like, I'm a man of class. Like made in a bathtub beer? I mean, no, it's a homemade no, no, no. brew kit. Yeah, I got I got a homemade beer kit that. Uh, what does that, that cost you? That, that, well, my grandson's got it for me for uh, for That's Christmas. A, oh, your grandsons are perfect gift givers. Yeah, they wrote they yeah. Really two years old. Go in and buy alcohol making kits. <laughs> they're, they're six. Thank you very much. They are six. All right, I'm, All gonna, right, go six. I'm gonna get Levi a meth lab when he's five. <laughs>